Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 259 with a review of Zero Charisma. I'm Chris Frischnazy. And I'm Kurt Jackson. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Uh, each week on the show, Carson, Patrick, and I are going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue with the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Uh, but for this review, obviously, Kurt Jackson is back. So, Hi. So how are you doing tonight, Kurt? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? Uh, not too bad. So, uh, Kurt, have you figured out yet why I wanted to have you on this podcast? Um... I think so. <laughs> uh, well, Kurt and I, over the, over the, oh, the wait, yeah, I totally get it now. Yeah, o- over the years <laughs> totally of, of Kurt and I knowing each other, we have had many a conversation about uh, you know the the, uh, the the fake geek girl phenomenon. Basically, <laughs> I mean that's where the controversy came to a head, right? Uh, is that where it started? Well, n- well, I don't know if that's where it started, but I think in the broader culture that's been that was like a controversy yeah i mean the, like yeah that was a controversy in the, in the drama but, but i mean in, in in the normal sense like we've had many uh, a morning uh, run while we were like you know doing our morning runs where we had conversations about uh you know nerd and geek culture in general yeah. and the proliferation of how that is becoming more and more pop culture and uh it's now cool to be geek and uh geek roots and what it all means and just a lot of stuff in general, and now we have this uh, this little film in which uh, you know the nerd world may be set unbalanced by the introduction of this hipster cool guy into a group. And uh, I know I figured even without even having seen the film, just seeing having seen the trailer, that it might be interesting conversation for you and I to have. Yeah, no, I think so. So, are you are you excited to get into this? <laughs> I'm so interested. <laughs> where this is gonna go because uh, I, I honestly don't know so am i and what's, what's great too is the the uh i mean obviously i i had my thoughts going into the film Me before too. i watched it you know because i had just seen the trailer and i was like oh i think this will be good I mean, I mean once i found out this was getting a video on demand release this week uh, we rented it on itunes just so you guys know um uh i was like uh i think i'll message kurt and see if he's interested in reviewing this because i mean usually we have you on the show to review a film that went from book that you have read Uh to film that i will be watching (laughs) um so i figured this is this is a stepping out for you in the context of the shows you're usually on but i figured this would be right perfect for you and i have a discussion and it's a topic that i'm pretty sure carson doesn't care about (laughs) (laughs) nice um so good i'm excited to get into it yeah so yeah, what do you say we do? Should that? we get into it? <laughs> yeah, I think we should. All right. Uh, I hope I hope that you guys listening enjoy this, and <laughs> I hope this doesn't go horribly wrong. I hope so too. No, I think it'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah I think it will too. Cause, I mean, I mean, I I think I actually went on a rabbit trail, but I was trying to say that that uh, I had my thoughts going into the film about how certain things would be portrayed, and I think the film definitely gave a different portrayal than I was sort of expecting going into, um, which may or not be colored my, by my interpretations and stuff of the film. So we will be getting to that in just a moment. But Yeah, I, th- I think I had a similar experience. Okay, cool. So I what do you say we take a listen to the trailer for Zero Charisma and then uh, we can roll the die and uh, figure out? We'll hope to find out who has the highest initiative to see yeah, who reviews yeah. it first. All right, trailer time. Thousands of years ago, early man gathered around the fire, developing the myths that define their culture. So we sit at the table, building heroes, and seeing through them ourselves. Think your Xbox can do that? I don't have an Xbox. Good for you. 
I play World of Warcraft, though. It's Scott Wiedemeyer. We have an open seat starting Tuesday. What kind of games do you guys uh, host here? As a matter of fact, we have an opening for a new player. Hey, guys, this is Miles. I brought a six-pack if anyone wants one. Is that cool? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Beer's cool. Miles is pretty funny tonight, huh, Scott? <laughs> I am Ulrich Benavon, keeper of the Stones of Light. I'm gonna throw my sword at his head. That's not what you're supposed to do. Role-playing is about more than just being funny, you know. What's hard is to get people emotionally invested in the story. <laughs> Nana, you promised you wouldn't disturb the game. I'm just making myself a sandwich. Well, it's disturbing. No, you and your friends sitting in there pretending to be elves and fairies. That's what's disturbing. Wake up, guys. You can't trust him. He's not your friend. He's my nemesis. Huh. You want a game? You want my game? I'll give you a game. At the end of the day, it's a game. Don't you think there's more to it than that? The gods demand retribution! Whoops. Knock! Sorry, I thought this was a bathroom. Come with me now, and all is forgotten. And everyone gets 500 experience points. Okay, so that was the trailer for Zero Charisma. This is a story of, you know, this game master who loves what he does and uh, due to circumstances has to fill a new seat on his team of players. Uh, he has to fill, fill a member of his party and, uh, you know, things, the dynamics of his group may or may not change as they introduce somebody who may be different than him and the rest of his friends. <laughs> uh... Kurt Jackson, since you yes. uh, have the higher initiative, why don't you? Why don't you? Well, yeah, I, I know. Let's let's try to keep a, a a broader story, not not necessarily going into spoilers yet, but just kind of give an overview of what you thought of this film, and then we will just kind of let things branch out from there. Um, boy, I I think it's really tough. I'm actually not sure what to think about this film. No, I uh, I can see that. Yeah, it. it it definitely did not go as I expected, uh, similar to what you've said. And I think throughout the film, I kept going back and forth. Like, is this what he's trying to say? Is that what he's trying to say? I couldn't tell. And still, at the end of the film, I'm not sure which side the filmmaker's on. Like, as if there's sides. Like, I I'm not sure, like, what is he trying to say about nerd culture and pop culture and that, yeah. that conflux? What what is he trying to say about that? And I'm still not totally sure. Uh, so, I, I mean, I, and I really like that. I like that. Uh, I didn't walk away from the film feeling like, oh, man, the guy doesn't get it. Like, ha ha ha. Nerds are nerdy. And, Oh, I'm a nerd, but I'm also totally condemning nerd culture and, yeah. and identifying with hipster culture or whatever. But then, uh, I'm glad I didn't walk away feeling that way. I'm also glad I didn't walk away just feeling like, oh, it's just a big nerd fest and, and the cool guy is just a bad guy. Uh, I feel like he messed around with me as a viewer enough that I couldn't uh, I couldn't rest on one of those positions. Yeah. So I, I think that was well done, and yeah. I appreciated that a lot. I, I definitely see what you... like. I know, I know you were saying that, like, not that there should be... There is or should be sides, but I definitely felt 
that same uh, that pull. I mean, for me, it was uh, it was less of a back and forth, and it was more of a straight down this path and then ask a question at the end. Is <laughs> kind of how I felt it went. Like huh. I, I I I kind of felt a clear direction, whether intentional or not. Um, which you know obviously is is run by my bias uh, going into the film, but I, I it, it felt like there was an interesting metaphor being presented, and then yeah. right at the end, they didn't necessarily flip it on its head, but they took away the thing that made the metaphor really easy for me. Yeah. Um, which obviously without without saying directly what exactly happens towards the end of the film, but I mean it, it seemed kind of, um, yeah it seemed a little more clear cut during the beginning of the film um, than it did towards the end. And I, th- I think part of that comes from the fact that our, our, you know, supposed hero of this film, this, this main guy is really not likable or um, he, he's even when sympathetic situations are happening to him, he's inherently unsympathetic, like yeah. in, in a way, not because he's so nerdy. It's just because he's kind of a super dick and, and doesn't seem to care about his friends or anything like that. The, which... the, the thing about the film, I mean, the thing about his character was he was sympathetic and we see a lot of what makes him him and see him being a jerk to people. But the thing about that is that I know people like that. Like, yeah. I feel like the writer really captured something there that's, that is in nerd culture more than any other place and that and managed to do it in a way where it felt authentic uh the main character the main character's personality felt really authentic to me and but then also was sort of sympathetic it was sympathetic but then kind of not sympathetic at the same time and i'm not that's part of what unsettles me is i'm not sure where to well that's that's kind like i think like I feel like we disagree, but then I think we do agree. But to I, I think, I think you know, you have known or know or 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 understand people who are like him more than I do, maybe, um, because he would get into sympathetic situations, and I would be like, my first reaction would be like, oh. But then immediately I'd be like, no, but he just did this. Screw that <laughs> guy. He's a total jerk. <laughs> like he's so sociopathic and like. Yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah. It's, it's like every step he takes, it's hard for me to feel sorry for him because I don't like him. And, yeah. and I, it's not that I'm like, oh, nerd guy. Because I mean, I identify with similar desires and, and things that he likes. Um, like when he is being a game master and not being a dick, I'm like, that guy would be an awesome game master. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like he's like good um, at what he's doing. But then as soon as he tries to be personable with somebody, I'm just like, dude, you suck as a human being. Like, there was, yeah, and, there's some weird stuff. Yeah. And I, I don't, I just, there was something about who he is that, that just made it really, really hard for me to feel, feel sorry for him. Well, and I think that is Okay. So to get into it, I think that for for my assessment, if we're going to go up to 30,000 feet here, I think guys like the main character are at the core of what quote-unquote nerd culture is. That guy is what nerd culture really is. And in our past conversations, I think that's what is disturbing about the whole nerd culture pop culture. 
And that's what the, the film actually does a pretty good job exploring it because it's like, oh, there's all these cool websites where they review like comic book movies and stuff like that, which is great. And in my opinion, that's nerd culture. But then uh, I think the film, it, it kind of looks at that and sees a guy like that and contrasts him with the main character. You know, he's hosting a website. He's successful. He's talking to successful people. He's got his life together. I'm not going too much into spoilers here. Am I? No, no, no. That's, <laughs> okay. I mean, it's yeah. That, it's that's all general. stuff that is just a a, a character type. Of yeah, this yeah. Other person. Okay, so, so it's, it's not necessarily yeah. plot related. That's just background in this character. Even even in the even in the trailer, like we got the cool guy. But yeah, yeah. I think what what I wasn't expecting is that the cool guy was kind of in nerd culture a little bit. Like he he had you know. Uh, we'll, we'll get into it, but well, he, you know, yeah, like I, I just from the trailer, I expected him. I mean, obviously he's a hipster looking dude, but I expected him to be more jockey. Like less, yeah. maybe like his introduction to it is like, oh whoa, that guy's super nerdy. <laughs> like, yeah, and uh, not in a bad way, obviously, but I mean that that's like, it 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 felt authentic. It didn't feel like the guy like looked some information up before he arrived at the gaming session and yeah. then just spat out some knowledge that he had like rehearsed right beforehand because he was trying to like do whatever. It felt like he authentically had the opinion that he was sharing at the table with the rest of the guys. Like he he came in was like uh sup guys and then immediately jumped in and was able to uh interact with them without there being any sort of buffer between them as yeah he a, knew what they were talking group. about he had opinions already he had obviously thought about it experienced it so he knew quote-unquote nerd culture and i always say quote-unquote nerd culture because i i just for some reason that term just is weird to me i i yeah. don't know uh but it, 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 yeah, he wasn't totally foreign to it. And so, that, I don't know, it kind of did personify the two faces of the nerd pop culture phenomenon, where on the one hand, you have the guy who obviously is into all this stuff, um, but kind of has it all together. And then you have the other guy who is more like what 30 years ago you would think of when you think of nerd. Yeah, He does not have it all together. He's got... He's kind of got some problems, and that's part of what makes him a nerd is he's socially outcast. Yeah. And to drive those two characters together, I mean, obviously from the trailer, that's like the whole idea of the film, uh, but it didn't go anywhere that I would have predicted. Yeah. Well, I think for me, like all, all my opinions of the main character, um, just, just to put some context for the listeners and for you, I was I was even speaking before the the hipster guy shows up like part of the reason i viewed the film the way i did is because i already dislike the main character before the person is introduced to the story who like throws mm. the wrench in the situation so it was like before he even arrives um i am like already not a fan of the lead character uh and when this guy shows up I know he's supposed to be the villain because that's the movie I'm trying to watch. Like yeah. this villain comes in and screws up everything for our hero. And from the, mo it, it's like, you know, when like, uh, the classic romantic comedy thing where, where like some dude gets broken up with for, by a girl. And then when he meets the girl's new boyfriend, he's like the, the most awesome guy in the world. Yeah, and he's like, yeah. Oh, I still want to hate this guy, but he's so cool. <laughs> like that's kind of, what the film gives me like like i i kind of see like not that i'm like oh that guy's awesome but i mean he's nice he is able to communicate with the group not from like this patronizing standpoint of like this is i'm just messing around with this nerd stuff it's like i actually care and enjoy this so it's yeah. like as soon as he shows up i'm like i feel like the movie wants me to see him as the villain and that's the way the trailer paints it but i'm like 
he's just another guy who joined. Like, why does he have to inherently be evil other than he is causing a problem for the main character? Yeah. Um, so it's like from from that standpoint, I mean, j- to, to let me get into it, just I guess I guess I'll just get into it. <laughs> I, I saw and I have this feeling that you and I watch this film with our with our biases and that I think the film supports both of our biases from our biases side. Yeah. So, so just just to just to do on a standpoint, as, as you said, like you think of the main character as as uh, as sort of that's the the old not necessarily ideal, but that's like the the old concept of nerd and and in its truest form, that's what it's reduced down to. And and like right, is that correct? Yeah, like that's in thirty years ago, if you thought of a nerd, that is the guy you would have yeah. thought of. And, he's and, not just into certain things; he's also socially inept. And and most of our discussions and or arguments about this topic in the past have stemmed from the idea of like you think that's something like I mean you can I'm I don't want to put words in your mouth mm-hmm. you you feel a little bit like that's something that deserved to be preserved in a way right like there was something yeah. about that state which is is being I think I think I made a joke I, one time about it, like that like pop culture seeping into that image is sort of like muggles like <laughs> these non-magic users who are like kind of breeding with kind of these these people and and i kind of stand from i come from the standpoint of uh this is the logical per- progression of uh population increase that uh if it's always five percent of the population that is into something back in the day when nerds felt at- outcast it wasn't because they were truly outcast it was because Five percent of fifty people is really small, but five percent of a million people is actually like a significant number. So it's like, to me, I kind of stand from that. Like, the outcast is actually a self-prescribed. Um, it's like it, it's it's. Uh, they were outcast because what they were into was not popular. Yeah, but not that the popular was purposely outcasting them and looking down at them but it, it was like if you really like this one author and nobody's heard of them it doesn't matter if it's like a guy who writes biographies like it doesn't make or i mean i guess that might be considered more nerdy that was a bad example let's say you really like this one sports team and you just move to a new town and it's like that town's rival like just because you like a different team it's not like oh well you don't even you don't even really like football because you like this team like that's stupid like you can still bomb with somebody over the the mutual love of football but you will disconnect over the, the team you're talking about like it, it feels like like for me and you and i have both over the years played many a pen and paper rpg uh i started in the fifth grade playing riffs with guys i met at school uh i my first experience to rpgs was a guy during show and tell in a class showing off his riffs books and then the teacher saying oh it uses books you guys can go play that during silent reading <laughs> No, no one in that class was like, oh, lame. That's like Dungeons and Dragons. That's silly. Like everybody was like, oh, that sounds kind of cool, whatever. And then I went and hung out with these kids and we played every day that entire year. And then I moved away. Um, so it was like I didn't get to play with them. And then when I moved to a new school, I encountered some other guys who played riffs. And then I from there, I moved into Dungeons and Dragons. And it's like there was never a point where I felt like, oh, God, like playing these RPGs is like I never felt bad for it what I felt bad about is every time I moved to a new place, I couldn't find anybody that played stupid <laughs> games. And it was like, and then yeah, from there, interesting. Yeah, so I, I think it's, it's, uh, um, it may actually have to do with our age. Cause I think, 
while I did kind of feel a little bit like an outcast, like I wasn't getting beaten up after school every day or yeah. anything like that. Not not like I've heard stories from other people and stuff. I, I think people maybe 10 or 20 years older than us who grew up being into that stuff, fantasy, sci-fi, that, that kind of thing, their experience may more have matched the main character of the story's experience. They may be personalities that are closer to him. Yeah. But I, I think that that itself is part of the issue. I think for guys our age who grew up doing this stuff, it was just popular enough for a bunch of kids at a certain time point to get into it. And then when you grow up playing it, it doesn't have that stigma. It's not a big yeah. deal. And it becomes, I think, our generation maybe is the ones who are just bringing this stuff to popularity. And so now it's... So, of course, when we were kids, it wouldn't have been that abnormal either. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I think that that may be... The explanation of that phenomenon where there's sort of that social pariah type sense that we've we both know about yeah uh but never really experienced um but then obviously people did and obviously there's the word nerd like we all know what that means yeah. and we know the kind of person who we're talking about at that time and when we were kids people who were maybe our age if you talked about a nerd that's the kind of person they'd be thinking about so that yeah. it obviously that image something changed yeah yeah and, and also like we've had this discussion before but like i i kind of feel that there is if you were that type of person who other people would label as a nerd you are kind of forced to retreat into yourself and into these activities that are also associated with nerds so i think there's also like this standard distribution of where you fall social not not socially like class style but like how socially able you are to interact with other people. Yeah. And I think that like when you fall on one end of that spectrum in the, on the side of like not being able to interact socially, you look for outlets in other ways. And that things that may have, might have socially been considered like nerdy are, they speak to you in a way that allows you to gain access to something that you might have, have like, you might not feel protected trying to become somebody really into sports at your school or whatever. But like when you find these other people, which happen to fall in that same distribution as you, that you might like artificially associate that as like, we are these outcast nerds, but really you're just like people who are enjoying that. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough to say because we don't really have anything to compare it with. Yeah. I, no, I, I, I agree. sort of like what look at before, you know, before, D and D ever came around, and you know, look at like what what was the social arrangement in the '30s? But yeah. then, you know, of course, there's so many social factors back then that are different that throws everything off. So it's hard to say like, are I guess that the the it's hard to answer that question of are nerds into nerdy things because they're socially outcast, or are they socially outcast socially because, outcast because they're, they're into nerdy those things? things. Yeah. And and I don't know that you can really answer that question. Uh, but I, I do know that that whole I, that concept of that socially outcast person, that was what was so associated with those things. Yeah. And and that uh, and that's where all this is coming from. And that's where all the oh, you're just a fake nerd stuff is coming from. Yeah. I think it's because of that association. Uh, and so having feeling having felt outcast by pop culture growing up uh people their loves that they retreated to or for whatever reason are now being embraced by those same type of people 
who uh, excluded them previously. Yeah. And so I think that's that really has got to be the root of that sort of hey, no fair. Like you yeah. can't do that. You you rejected me. You can't be. In, you can't take this from me. Yeah. And that's where I think our disagreement is. Which is, which, be- which is a perfect segue set what you just said into the context of this film like what part of this film do you think speaks to that um because i think this will be this will give us an interesting view into our separate ideas there because i can read the film the exact opposite way of that. okay so say, say what say how you're reading the film then because i'm not sure how i hook into the film from yeah, what yeah I said. no problem okay so what I kind of view the the metaphor I think this film is showing up until the very end where it kind of flips this on its head a little bit yeah. is that uh, that the people on the inside, in this case being the outside, <laughs> so, yeah. so the nerds have these people that are in their mind intruding into the group who don't belong there. But what the film presents is that these people have every bit as right, mm-hmm. every, every, yeah, every bit is right. Uh, every, every bit of a right. Every bit of a right. <laughs> they, they have every, every right to be there. Every right to like yeah. bits. Every every yes. Every bit of them is rightfully part of your like. They have every right to be yeah. in your group as you do, and they can prove that they belong there. They may come from pop culture, and they may have been into pop culture stuff before they were into this like you know niche group stuff, but. They have every right. They they can easily meld because they're okay. they're from that same thing. And I think what the film shows you is that when you react against that, all you're doing is bringing down what you're trying to love. Like by trying to rip it away from others, like this film shows that like as, as the hero tries to show that no, this guy's intruding. All he's doing is making the experience for everyone worse. Yeah, he's making it not fun. He's ruining the enjoyment yeah. of the thing itself. He's he's he's. He's ruining the thing that he's trying to protect by trying to protect it from people who want to embrace it and share it with others. And I, I think that's kind of the metaphor that I read out of the film. Um, obviously, things at the end kind of give us different insight into what the directors and yeah, writers I, may feel about that, the, the inclusion of other groups of people into your, your private Stop. I'm liking the film more and more as you're talking here. <laughs> I, I got to mention uh, Borderlands 2 here because it, okay. it, it just it really ta- speaks to this whole issue. So spoilers for Borderlands 2 <gasps> and the uh, uh, Tiny Tina, Tiny Tina's uh, adventure. Right, it's just uh, DLC, right? It's yeah, not it's real just, plot. It's DLC. It's a side quest. Anyway, Mr. Torg, who's like the <laughs> super awesome... <laughs> ultra jock okay uh and he just everything blow up faster bigger you know uh probably has an arnold voice no he's like he's just shouting all the time it's awesome uh so the the whole context of the the dlc is uh all the characters are waiting around for something and so while they're waiting they all play this game called bunkers and badasses and and so (laughs) And so one of the characters, she grew up playing it, and she was socially outcast by it, and this is her only solace growing up, and so this is her thing and everything. And then in the game, Mr. Torg becomes a character, and uh-huh. he's like, oh, I want to play too! It actually sounds like Macho Man Randy Savage okay. is mostly what he's like. Uh, and she's like, no, you can't be in this. Like, this is my thing. I, grew, I suffered for this. You're yeah. not allowed in it. And so the game kind of explores and through a whole quest and everything and eventually kind of 
it, it's sort of reversing the whole geek girl thing, uh, the fake geek girl thing. And, and the whole point they're making, of course, is like, hey, what's wrong with someone else just loving this? Like, okay, it was a big thing for you, but at the end of the day, it's just a game and it's fun. Yeah. And uh, so I, I feel like the movie does that really well. And and uh, so just to your point, I just wanted to share that story. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, but then I think it does turn it on its head. And and I, I'm liking the film more and more as you're speaking because, and, and it's helping because me Because you under- were so wrong until you were right. Yes. <laughs> No, it it actually helped me understand it better. So I think the thing that makes it difficult to know what to do with it is it, if I, my interpretation of it is, it's actually kind of chastising both sides. It's chastising the hipster who knows all about Star Trek and grew up watching it. It's also chastising the, uh, you know, super duper nerd who this is his life and he grew up being rejected by everybody and stuff and he's socially inept and everything and nothing ever seems to go his way it's kind of speaking to both and saying uh if i i don't know should i can i talk about what i think the whole moral of the story is (laughs) i mean i I think you talk about themes don't talk about actual like don't talk about anything that would allow somebody to interpret it themselves i really struggle with this spoiler thing Well, we can have it. We can we can like say it. Be as general okay. as you want, and so, then afterwards we can follow it up. So, with generally speaking, it's it's saying to the the super nerds, hey, like don't clutch so tightly. Like it's okay to share, uh, share this thing even if they don't fit into you know they don't entirely get it yeah. or whatever. But then it's also saying to kind of the other hipster thing and saying like, hey, are you are you sure you're really into this stuff? Like, do you? Do you really embrace everybody who's into this? Uh, and I think those well, are good questions. You know, it's, it's funny when, when you 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 pose the same question just now twice. You you repeated the same question twice in two different ways. The first time you said it, I was about to say I disagree with your assessment, and then we can follow up in spoilers. And then when you rephrased it, I couldn't disagree with it anymore. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to remember exactly what you said now because I was trying to compose my sentence. So the first thing you said is. Um, don't clutch so tightly. No, no. The first thing you said was, "Are you really into this?" The second thing you said was, "Do you really accept everyone who is into this?" Yeah. Um, those are two distinctly different questions. Um, because he- here's yeah to, to give everybody a little bit more context, and, and you can pass on this question if you want. Who in the film do you identify with the most? Like, if you had to insert yourself into one character, because I'll just go ahead and tell you, it's not the hipster guy. It's not our our quote unquote hero. It's one of the other random guys at the table. Is who you identify most is, with? Is who, well, because I view the film as a passive participant who is being affected by this, these two character struggles, but I wouldn't be either of those two people. So I'm not the super cool hipster kid who's got all this stuff going on on the side. I'm not the kid trying to protect anything. I'm the guy who's being affected by the struggle huh. between these two groups of people. Oh, okay. Um, so that that is because that's who I immediately identify with. I feel that, yeah, the super cool hipster guy might not necessarily want me to come hang out at his parties uh, because he might not see me as a super cool hipster. But if I am completely, if I'm constantly limited in who I'm allowed to engage in mutually with different nerdy subject matter, then I will, I will always feel like the outcast because 
there's no one left to embrace this with um, because it's like, uh, like obviously there's no reason why our here any of our hero's friends should remain friends with him. Yeah. But the thing is, if they want to engage in this sort of stuff, they're kind of bound by their game master, like literally, because the only friend that like they're not strong enough on their own to branch out from underneath his little wing and and enjoy the world in a group of people like they feel they're they're artificially being told that that's all they have it like the i think they don't even know that there's more though no and i think what i'm saying is is the introduction of pop culture into the nerd world allows people to realize that there's Uh, more uh, like that's that's the way as a a metaphor that's the metaphor you were understanding yeah uh and 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 like 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 i tried i i maybe wasn't clear on this i don't know if this is the writer director's like the writers and the directors, everybody involved in this production, I don't know that that's what they're attempting to say. I don't know. I like I could not say with yeah, any confidence yeah. exactly what they're trying to say. Except, yeah. I mean, except don't be mean to people. Like I'm pretty no. sure they're saying that. <laughs> yeah. Like, but other than that, it's like, yeah, oh, what angle? I can't tell what yeah. angle they're coming at. But, I'm sure they'd be happy to hear that because it yeah, sounds and, like and, that's what they're going for. And, and like, like, I could be wrong, but this that's as the film went on. Uh, that is immediately where I fell to. And that's the way I remained up until... And at the end, I still felt that way. Like, there, there's no crazy event that changes that. But no. the events at the end of the film, there is a distinctive shift between how one side of the argument is viewed and yeah. there is sort of a statement being made there too. And, and, and it's a lot like the statements that are made in other type of films where it's like they spend the whole film convincing you of one thing and they don't try to convince you at the end that they were, that everything you were thinking was wrong, but they do pose the question for you to dive in deeper. And and I and yeah. I kind of feel that's what they're doing, sort of with with the way this thing yeah. kind of ends up. Um, so I don't think it necessarily cancels the way I feel, but that's definitely the metaphor I pulled from the film the most. And I think it a has to do with my my bias on this whole subject matter in general, and b because that that's who I identified with. I, I identified with, as I said, like the person sitting at the table with these two different groups of people who wants to love and enjoy and embrace this thing that two different groups of people both care about but in wildly different ways and and i feel you know i feel sort of this that's you know everybody that the famous argument between nerd and geek is i've always considered like myself as a geek which is sort of like a functional nerd you know like that's my definition of it like so it's like i am really geeky about certain things but i'm like i I've never viewed myself in a negative way for liking things. Like I would always be like anything that somebody might be think is socially out there. I've always thought as like a quirk, <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. like not like, <laughs> not like, Oh, this thing that I should feel ashamed of because I'm really into this thing. Like I've never, I mean, I, I was in band in high school, like all four years. Oh, like I didn't take a single PE You're class. A band nerd, huh? the, the only PE class that I ever took, <laughs> was a classroom PE class. It was on, it was nice. literally physical education. <laughs> um, so you weren't actually practicing any of it. You're just no, studying no. the theory. It, it was like a health class, basically. <laughs> um, besides let's, that, let's talk about the science yeah. of soccer. And, 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 and I, yeah, exactly. And I, I wasn't just in band. I was in, I was in concert band, wind ensemble and marching band and drumline my last year there. And, uh, I attempted to pick up a woodwind, but I wow. wasn't very good at it. But I, I, like, I was doing all these things that, like, obviously people said those are the band nerds, like, because we hung out around the band room during lunch and stuff like that. But it yeah, wasn't yeah. like, 
it wasn't like when I left, I was like, oh, dude, did you hear me hit that one, like, triple C, whatever, like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, there, was, there was no, like, we didn't nerd out at music. We just, we grew up in music and we loved it. And... I think it's so fascinating. I mean, because your whole description there, I, I don't know if this is either here or there, but uh, the whole idea of nerd coming to mean just basically a fan, the whole idea of nerd cred are just fascinating that those have all arisen and are part of this whole conversation yeah. because that matters. Those That really matters to people. And I, I think those, those transformations, uh, it's almost, well, it's kind of like those two concepts are what's at conflict here. Yeah. Because there's the idea of nerd cred, like, no, really, I'm really a nerd. Like, I suffered for this is kind of the idea. But then there's also the, just the idea of like, ah, it's just a fan. We just love things. We yeah. just are all into things. And it's kind of like those are, those are kind of the two ideas at conflict yeah. here. And, and, and we, we've had, we've, we've never, I mean, I don't think we've always expressly stated it straight this much, but I think that like, we have kind of danced around this issue before. Yeah. And like one of the things I've always felt is like, yeah, I keep saying there's a standard distribution of everything, but, but where, where for me, it's, it's this coin that is you know, heads or tails, black or white. And it's which side are you currently on? If everybody in the room flips this coin and most of them turn up black and like four of them turn up white, you're like, oh, the white, that's that's the, the wrong one or whatever. So it's like, I think it's like, if anybody tries to talk to me about sports, unless I was sitting down and watching with them and I want to know why the ref called some penalty or like, it looked to me like that was safe or whatever, you know, like, yeah. I, I, if, I'm not, if I'm not asking a question, I could give like, two shits about whatever you're talking about about a sports subject because it just doesn't matter to me like if we're watching soccer or something and i'm like oh that like offsides is a stupid ass rule <laughs> like i want to know more about like why offsides matters okay that that's at that moment that is very interesting to me but like yeah when when people like people who are into fantasy football like that is D &D more like Jax. It's, 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 it's straight up. It's D &D. vanilla D&D. &D. It is, D &D. it is so hilarious. It's D&D &D beta my, testing. Like a guy is, at my work got banned from the, from the fantasy football <laughs> league for one year because he called it D&D &D for jocks. No, but that's what it is. Like, so like, awesome. I, like, I've played a handful of pen and paper RPGs under different systems made by different people. None of them are as complicated as fantasy football. <laughs> or as obsessive. No, or exactly. as stinking like, obsessive or as costly. Like if maybe we should start betting no, our, like, temp, our tabletop I, games. I, I think I think all of our tabletop games should start with a, about you know fifty pre-made characters, <laughs> and you have to <laughs> draft have to pick your party, the correct party. And, yeah, oh, man. No, but it's it's like people get frick, people pay to have Excel on their stupid computer so they can put in all the stats of all the players and it's, figure it out. It's and stuff pretty like that. wild. Like it's it's pretty wild. It's it's ridiculous, and I mean even even like. To me, fantasy football, like, ruins football. Not that I appreciate football. But, like, it's kind of like when, like, I, I, my pen and paper RPG background got me into Japanese RPG video games. But over the years, I've got sick of them because I feel like if I'm not playing with the guide, I'm doing it wrong. Like, I feel like if I don't check every single corner of every single inch of the screen and keep hitting X on my freaking PlayStation controller to make sure I'm not missing that vial of, like, whatever potion that's sitting in it. Like, I feel like I've lost what I enjoy about the game because I'm stuck 
having to do all this math constantly and figure out exactly uh, what the developer and expects all the me to do. Yeah, like I never beat Final Fantasy VIII because as soon as I got my Ragnarok ship, I just like or yeah, what that was called. I don't know what it was called, but as soon as I got my flying vessel, instead of flying to this one island and and like pulling up Ultima materia for an hour and just drawing that. I went, f- flew straight into Lunatic Pandora and like started fighting a bunch of stuff and I couldn't beat this one boss. And I couldn't, it was one of those things where like once you enter, you can't leave until you beat it. And because I didn't draw this freaking magic from the planet, I couldn't beat the stupid thing. And it's like, I never beat that game yeah. because I didn't do what the developers wanted me to do, which is to go like Uber myself up before continuing because yeah. my PlayStation was at my dad's house and my Nintendo 64 was <laughs> at my mom's house and I didn't have time to go Uber up my character. I just wanted to progress in the game. And it's yeah. like, I feel that like video games are ruined because there's all this crazy extra stuff that you're I supposed to that. be like super expert at. Like, so I yeah. don't fall into the hardest core of gamer, but I am really into gaming, but I'm not that hardcore. And it's like when, when like you're like, oh, I like rooting for the home team. That's cool with sports. But then when it's like, nope, I hate this guy because this guy I know drafted him and he just earned four points to my score and now I'm losing. Like, uh, that's not I, – we, we just did a review of Runner Runner just last week or whatever it was. Like, I enjoy gambling, but like – gambling for nothing or like a jersey at the end of the season if you're the one that earned the most points or whatever your stupid fantasy football team <laughs> and sorry i shouldn't be like I, see i am i am now outcasting all these like you're sports outcasting all the I'm, jocks man i'm That's doing cool. exactly i am that hipster guy who's you're being hipster to the jocks no no but like seriously like <laughs> That's how much I could care less is yeah. is literally it makes me that guy that the nerds are rallying against but those people playing fantasy football would never ever admit that they're jo- that 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 that's jocks. <laughs> yeah. well, they probably wouldn't say that. Brody, Brody and Slip, that, yeah. that they're that they're being nerdy, but they are. Yeah. You can nerd out about anything. You can nerd out about the way you clean your tile in your bathroom if you yeah, want. That's, like, see, that's, I mean, that's at the core of the question, though: is what does it mean to be a nerd? And yeah, um, I think my. I've kind of come around on this, I think, since some of our conversations and, and <laughs> you're since the end of zero Christmas. <laughs> what? You're all since the end of zero Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. That I have now have a different opinion. No, actually, uh, I have kind of come around from, and, and actually things like that borderlands Two DLC and, and other conversations and things where it's like, Hey, what's the big deal? Just if people want to play, let them play. Like yeah. it doesn't matter. This, we can all enjoy this thing together. And it's like, yeah, you know what? That's totally right. Uh, we can't coexist. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a different rabbit trail. That's a whole different rabbit trail. But uh, <laughs> and so it's like if people want to be fans of stuff, let them be fans yeah. of stuff. And I, I think at at the at the center of it for me, at yeah. the, at the end of the conversation, the thing that matters most to me is to not repeat history and take people like the main character of the story. And leave, and now leave them behind. Yeah. Even of the things that they quote, you know, quote unquote, had claim to. Yeah. At the start, and 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 repeat that again, and leave them behind. Yeah. And that that is, I think, it is what it, is the heart of my concern, and and at, at our tension and conversations and stuff is, I don't want that to happen. But he, I here, don't want to happen to those those guys again. Here's here's the interesting thing though, like to flip your worry on its head is. I think the reverse is happening. I think that though the core of what used to be nerd is cannibalizing itself in trying to protect the essence of that. Like just, I mean, 
just the other week, uh, I was sitting at a table for dinner with, with my cousin and he, he said this is a joke, but I think, I think it lends to a greater epidemic. We'll say, uh, that I, I see in society, like he made some reference and I didn't get the reference. Like he, he said something uh-huh. and, and, uh, he, uh, I forget what he said some name of, of either a person or a character. And I was like, I don't know what that is. And he's like, obviously you don't watch Dr. Who. And I was like, no, I've never there's watched gotta, Dr. Who. There's gotta be and, a good term for that. Like, like, uh, it, it, it makes me think of, cause nerds do this all yeah, the time. They love doing this with references. And it really reminds it's, me of it's, like, it's reference dropping is what it is. Yeah. It's but just, it's like two bros with their chests against each other. Yeah. You know, neither of them are going to throw a punch, but there's what, 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 but like, and it's, it's just that, that strutting and yeah. it's how, it's how nerds strut. And you're right. It is the more of nerd in the strutting, pop culture. That's what there you go. Nerd no, strutting. but like, that's what he, he's like. And, and, and if, if you're listening right now, I know you said it as a joke. I, you practically winked, you practically winked when <laughs> that's you okay. said it. It's um, okay, Chris. But no, but, like, but I think it's a real thing is, is, is he, he was like, he was like, he's like, oh, you would have got it. You watch Doctor Who. I said, I don't watch Doctor Who. And he said, obviously you're not a real nerd. And that's <laughs> yeah, the key. Yeah, and, yeah. and once again, I know you were joking. I won't lose your name because <laughs> other people, other people listening I think that's might, might know who I'm talking and about. Since that no, since that day. No, no, but, but like that's, those are those words. Obviously, you are not a real nerd. Like those are the words that are really going to be the death of the nerd culture. Because once nerds are outcasting themselves, it's like who who there, there was no one left to you know like what was the the famous line first they came for these people and I did nothing because oh, yeah. they weren't here for me and then like they came for me and then there's no one around to do anything whatever. It's like yeah, <laughs> I don't know the quote. Know the quote? No, I'm not. I guess I'm not a real nerd. <laughs> it's not. I don't know the quote. Anyways, uh, I think it's the, uh, yeah. Anyways, um, yeah. I think it was about the Holocaust, but <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I really anyways, don't know. Now the history nerds are gonna be pissed. At oh us. man, this don't get me started. Uh, but it, okay, I think it's a it's a little. I I see what you're saying. I agree. That is kind of happening, but I don't see that as people like. Scott, the main character, now taking over. I just see it as a flip in the social dynamic. I think, and what I think is going to happen is I, th- I think that it's too late and guys like Scott are still going to be social outcasts. Yeah. And I don't know that there's anything that can be done about that because they're socially inept. Yeah. That's just how it is. And uh, I don't like it. Whenever I meet people like that, uh, I always want to include them. Yeah. And I always want to like... Well, it's because you're a people nerd. <laughs> I'm a real <laughs> fan of people. I just... Ner- you want to be able I to nerd out your- so much about people. Like I got this notebook with all the different traits. Yeah. You're like, Personality oh, traits. That guy was like a 0.7 on oh, the man. social. I can absolutely see someone saying that they're a psychology nerd. Yeah. No, no, I mean, for sure. Yeah. I mean, even though psychology is made up, but that's no, <laughs> <laughs> It's not a real science. Uh, but no, I, I, I just, uh, it's. You know what I'm saying? So I, th- I think even though there's that whole reference to the nerd yeah. strutting thing is, uh, is a thing and it will continue to be a thing for oh, a yeah, while. For sure. I don't see that as, uh, uh, the dominance of a new yeah. type of thing. I just think it's, that's a like, new way of people having dominance. It's the same people. Yeah, but like you know, like bringing it all the way back to the 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 initiation of our conversation outside of this podcast is is the fake nerd girl. Like, 
at one point in time, it was just girls that had to prove they were nerds. Yeah. And that has bled over into now the guys have to prove that they're nerds too. Like, it's not just nerd like, cred. oh, well, you're a girl, so obviously you're not a real nerd. Now it's like, well, you don't like this thing that I like. You got on hipster so, glasses, so yeah. you must not be a real nerd. Yeah. You're stylish, so you must not be a real nerd. Yeah. No, I, and that's a, that's a thing. But again, I think that battle, people like Scott are going to lose it. Yeah. And, and, well, it's because they're nerds. <laughs> it, it's well, it's it, it, because they're nerds, but not, they're not anymore. they're human beings. Yeah. Like, it, it's not. <laughs> they're, they're socially inept. Yeah. And, 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 okay, I was thinking about this the other day because I don't know how much detail I should go into this about. Like, <laughs> so that's whenever, I, whenever I find out about a, a, a band that's new to me, so yeah. like I, I was listening to some of the music by The Who, and so yeah. I was reading their Wikipedia page, and then somehow that got me onto Frank Zappa's Wikipedia page, which I love Frank Zappa. And uh, I was reading about an album he did with the Mothers, and it was kind of a parody of uh, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Right. And at least according to this Wikipedia article, there was a sense where Frank Zappa felt like that album by the Beatles was kind of a co-opting of hippie culture of like the counterculture movement it was a co-opting of that by like the system you know <laughs> it, just it was, for the record my eyes glazed over about 45 <laughs> seconds ago. i thought you liked music i thought you were a bander you're not a real band nerd. i like playing music <laughs> yeah. no okay but so so the whole hippie movement is, yeah, yeah, yeah. is what i mean so I, I'm it, it definitely I'm, happened like, this this is like when i read passages of the bible every name that comes up just gets like thrown out there <laughs> just gets, and i'm just paying attention to the like facts. okay some guy like, someone's dead oh dude you can't listen to kings frank are zappa. bad <laughs> frank zappa is great uh okay so and, and talking with my dad, he kind of was a little bit after the whole hippie culture thing. And we joke around about the fact that he was a hipster before it was cool. Yeah. Uh, and so he was kind of there a little bit for the whole hippie culture and talking to him about the whole co-opting of the counterculture by the culture. And and I think a, well, this is like way out of my depth here, but <laughs> I think a similar thing is happening with the whole nerd culture because there's a nerd culture which which is outcast culture yeah. and it's being co opted by pop culture. So when we think of hippies, we think oh yeah, peace, love, and blah blah blah. Okay, really, it was a bunch of weird people in communes who didn't bathe and who were practicing all sorts of weird stuff and getting really high. Yeah. And and although it, I I guess part of hippie culture kind of got co-opted by the drug culture too. I, I don't know. I really don't know enough about it to be speaking like this, yeah. but, but I, I just the whole idea of a co-opting. And I think that's behind the whole fake geek girl thing too, is this sense of a, a outcast culture being co-opted by culture. Yeah. And I think that's part of what's behind that whole reaction. So it's not just, what we've been talking about, I think it's also a sense of like, hey, don't take that from me. Because what I also, what was re really interesting is The Who uh, and was it, oh, yeah, it was The Who had a album called like The Who Sell Out and Frank Zappa had, an, uh, that, that album where they're making fun of Sgt. Pepper's Only Heart Club Band was called We're Only In It For The Money and then for another recent time I was listening to Real Big Fish and listened to a bunch <laughs> of their stuff and they Another had recent time like yesterday. And their big popular well like a couple weeks yeah, ago. Yeah. Their whole big big song was Sell Out. Yeah, yeah. And so there's this great song by the way. That is all no it's a great song. Uh 
those are all dealing with the fact of like, hey, you're from a counterculture and now you're selling out. That whole idea of selling out, you're becoming part of the system, part of the capital C culture, but yeah. you used to be part of the counterculture. And I think that's a really similar thing. That reaction to the fake geek girl thing uh, is a really similar reaction. Yeah. I don't know. That's that's kind of the thoughts that are going on in my head. But so... Uh, <laughs> all right so okay so comparing it to the fake so in who is so the nerds culture the adopting counterculture in the geek so the the geeks are the outcasts they're the counterculture yeah. and so they're being co-opted the, the by, that whole culture is being okay, co-opted so, by the capital okay, c so, culture. Okay. so the non-geek girls are trying to co-opt that to become uh, that, the that's fake the, geek girls. that's okay, the feeling I, by I, I thought I was thinking that okay, I so so was in one in, step in extracted from back here. in you know hippie times, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you had like there's the the real hippies where they're they really are they're making changes in their life and they're leaving their homes and going out to live in communes or whatever, yeah. right? or protesting the war and getting beaten down by cops or whatever is going on with the whole hippie thing. I I yeah. really don't know enough <laughs> about that culture, but You're then a bunch of nerds if you but ask then me. you look. A few years later, not that much later, and all of a sudden on like the super cheesy laugh-in show or whatever, you have people on bell-bottoms and, oh, I'm a hippie, and they're just some actress or whatever, and are they really a hippie? They probably bathe regularly, and they probably don't have, they're probably not trying to remake the system and, and really trying to do something new, and all those core beliefs or whatever is that at the core of that, that hippie mentality, but they but probably was, aren't into all that stuff. But at the same time, is that really a different thing? And I, I but yeah. And I'm, I'm going to ask a question completely naively because I know nothing about this movement also, but was the, was hippie culture actually on the whole, any sort of movement against anything or was it, it was few, counterculture, but it was, was it a few counterculture people that were driving this group think bus that was all tie dyed and crap. Like that, like I think that there's was, this. Okay, so I, as, as things I become part like, of like the cultural like, zeitgeist, like it, it's you want, like you want to be a part of something, regardless of whether you want to uh, actually change anything. You're just like, yeah, establishment is bad. So, like, so the common narrative is that the '60s were a reaction against the '50s. So the extremely buttoned up, everything must be proper, no one must do anything different. 50s it was a reaction to that of we're going to do everything new we're going to do different things we're going to try and do things our own way we don't want to do the old way we don't want to live past 30 but did you really want to not bathe or wear bras or did you see other people not bathing and wear bras and then go yeah they got an idea that may be where it went but I, i think at least i think we're so far from talking about at least in name that was the idea. And yeah, so yeah. I think I, I, especially after reading the whole thing about Frank Zappa, I think at least some people felt like, no, this is what it means. We're trying to change culture. We're trying yeah. to be against culture. And then they see that very same culture adopting the facade of, so they they don't really care about remaking culture, but they're like, hey, long hair and beads is popular. So well, bell bottoms yeah. is popular. So we're going to adopt the outer uh, appearance and because all the kids love it 
But here, here's where I think the analogy falls apart. I think if I can follow the trail all the way back, <laughs> I don't back, even know if I, can I, I think the birds are eating the breadcrumbs I've been leaving. But uh, <laughs> so the the quote unquote true nerds aren't into tabletop gaming as a reaction to popular culture. They're into it because there is something that fulfills some part of them that's not being fulfilled by popular culture. It's not a, I'm trying to be counterculture. It's I'm accidentally being counterculture because I'm trying to be something. And See, I, I, don't, think, I think there's more to it than just like, oh, we can't do anything. Oh, I guess we'll do this whole D&D thing. Yeah. I think there's... there's no, a, no, no, I know, but I mean, yeah. it's, it's, there's, there's a fulfillment there. That they're yeah. that they're not getting fulfilled by going to a rock concert or whatever. Like it, it's yeah, it's it's not that they're like I would never step foot in a rock concert because I'm trying to prove a point. It's like I wouldn't feel comfortable there. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like it's yeah. it's uh like when I when I went to my first rock concert or punk concert or whatever you want to call it, alternative music concert. It like it was like I I've I mean I grew up pretty sheltered, right? Like wasn't allowed to do much. But when I was older and had a car and I could go see these concerts, like the first time I stepped foot in the pit, I never went in anything except for the pit again at a concert. Like <laughs> if, if there weren't any tickets for general admission standing room only in front of the in front of the stage, I was like, uh, don't really want to go. Yeah. Because I came alive in that. That's, pit. You that's know, the like only reason was, to go to a concert, in my feeling, just going and sitting and watching a band play. That's terrible. But Blame. like it's it's like there was this experience there and all those people. I would never hang out with most of those people yeah. in their lives. But like I, w- one year I went to Warp Tour and like everybody was, mo- it was like the, a band that I really wanted to see a band. I love the band Zebrahead for anybody who cares. Um, they were, and this was after the lead singer was gone in another band. And anyways, uh, so we went, I was like, I'm gonna go see them. And like, everybody was already lining up for like the main stage at the end of the night. And they had this little like bus stage pop out thing. And like, there had to be like, 35 45 people just watching this band play that's cool and we got so into it we were like dancing around like had our arms around each other people had never met before that moment we're like singing along like the the new lead singer jumped in and like put the mic in there and like five of us were like around the mic singing along and like it was like anybody who wasn't there would be like oh those guys must be wasted but like we were all sober we were just like having a great time like loving (laughs) being in this like you can't even call it a pit there weren't enough people to really call it a pit but it was like out in front of this little bus stand and it was like awesome and it was the most fun yeah that's the best and it's like literally as soon as they finished their last song and like stepped off the stage, we kind of just like looked at each other. I was like, "It was fun, man." Took our arms off well, each other and later. just like all went a different direction. <laughs> and it was like, "That's awesome." Like, in a sense, like, why can't we do that with nerdy things? Like, we don't have to. It doesn't have to be a reaction. It's just like people coming together who may be from different social classes or different groups and stuff like that. But we should still be able to come together for things that we do truly enjoy Absolutely. without there being the stigma attached to it of like, "Oh, do you really belong here?" Like. Yes, because we're both here celebrating this band or this sports team or well, and this that's that's kind of what the movie was was talking about. It's like, hey, the point is to have fun. Yeah. So if you're so concerned, I think about this literally who is, it's not fun anymore. No, yeah, <laughs> like, it, it was it was pretty explicit sometimes. <laughs> where it's like, uh, you're a little on the nose, but yeah. it, it, it didn't ruin or anything. But yeah, like if if someone's coming here for the first time and they don't know how to play, shouldn't we? teach them how to play isn't yeah. it awesome that they want to be part of what we love yeah and and i think 
that is the general sentiment. I don't know anybody who's really like, what are they doing? I don't think they belong here. They're fake. And and I think there's enough people where it's like, oh, there's a person who doesn't fit the stereotype of nerd. And yet, oh, wait, yeah, they they genuinely are into this stuff. Hey, yeah. they grew up with this stuff just like me, even though they're not socially inept like me, even though they don't look like me. Yeah, they they kind of deserve a place at the table, whether yeah. that's a and d table or a metaphorical table. They deserve a place at it. And uh, I think that's the general idea. Yeah. The, which the, is awesome. The only the only counter to that point that the film makes, which is more to your argument of things, is they do treat the hipster character at like his introduction to us is, yeah, I played the game a few years ago. I was kind of interested in maybe playing it again. I don't really care. Uh, yeah. What games do you guys host here? That was his introduction. At the end of the film, he, he you know, he's kind of displaying tendencies that show that, like, you know, like, he's much happier doing this other stuff, but, like, every once in a while he wants to play the game. And the main character is really sold as, like, no, this game is his life. Like, yeah. he, he's not somebody who's just, like, every once in a while, yeah, I'll dabble in that a little bit. It's like, no, this is serious to me, as opposed to the person who will willy-nilly walk in and just be part of it. Yeah. Um, so... There's these little hints that they still think that some of it should be reserved for the core people. But on the whole, it well, shows that that not, reserved nature hurts the overall yeah. enjoyment of most people. But I think that's that it's not just a matter of like whether it should be reserved for those people. But I think it's more of directed at the whole that the hipsters saying yeah. like, OK, yes, you love this. Yes, you deserve a place at the table. But at the end of it, but it's my table. <laughs> are, well, no, no, no. I don't think that's what it is. I think it's as you use your social adeptness. Yeah. Are you going to? I guess which, which class is that again? <laughs> social adept. Social adept. Uh, uh, as you, um... <sighs> boy, that <laughs> you kill me, man. You're killing me. Sorry. Uh, no, okay. So basically. Uh, how much do you really love those things? Do you yeah. love those things enough to include people who that is their life, a place at your table? Yeah. In a way. Like, are you there? It, yes, you deserve being included in their thing. Are you willing to include them in your thing? Are yeah. you willing to invite them to your super hipster craft beer, you know, uh, fixie writing party that yeah. you're having? Are you willing to include the guy who's going to have some really awkward conversations and doesn't know what to say to girls? Are you willing to invite that guy to your party? Yeah. And I, that was amazing. That, I think that is a, it was just a killer point. I, yeah. That's how no, I read that I, point. I, I, I don't think the statement you just made was too spoilery, so I won't worry about it. Like, okay. Because <laughs> you basically phrased it as like, is, is that something that is question? And, and no, I, I definitely... That is not a key to the issue as a whole, but a key to you as the person. Like I, that yeah. is definitely the struggle. Cause I mean, even me myself, I know like I'm not going to invite certain friends to this like party where everybody's going to be drinking. And I'm also not going to invite certain people who are just interested in that party to a thing where we want to have a serious gaming session. Like, yeah. but it's not that like, like I embrace both those aspects of myself. Yeah. But, but it's like there is definitely a, a separation. But if I was the one hosting that party, that'd be different. Like I if I'm going to host it myself, then then, yeah, I'm going to be more like inclusive. But like I'm not going to drag somebody who I know isn't going to want to be there to this thing that the people there are going to wonder why I brought them to it. Like it's 
it, it's two different like do you know the distinction i'm trying mm-hmm. to get to like no 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 it's, it's two different worlds yeah. and, and and they are actually separate and so like there is yeah. there is aspects of the the cool guy's life where like yeah that's kind of just a different thing like yeah. if he's going to a concert scott's not going to care about going to some you know indie band thing yeah. he wants to go to the death metal concert like that's what he'd be into so he's yeah. just not really interested in that yeah it, and he like, doesn't want a place at that table so yeah there is a separation there yeah uh, and it, it, like as, as an example too like just to, to try to set up a situation that's not just like guys and how cool they think they, they think they are uh when i when i usually went to go to uh to uh concerts it was it was me and my cousin that would go uh not the cousin i was talking about earlier but a different cousin uh and it, the two of us would go. So the cousin you like. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. But the, the understanding was that, like, when that pit starts, chances are when that song ends, we won't know where the other person is. We'll eventually sync up. If not, we'll meet late. Like, there was understanding. Uh, I had a girlfriend one time who was like, I really want to go to this concert with you. And, like, immediately I was like, well, this concert's ruined now because, yeah. A... I don't get to go off and just do what I want to do. Like I have to stay here and protect you from being like raped by <laughs> 16 other people in this pit. Like yeah. I like, I don't want to be in the pit if I'm there with the girlfriend. There was a particular experience that you were not going to be able to have that you would yeah, normally yeah. go for. Yeah. And, and, it, and it's not that like, I thought my girlfriend was a total drag. It was that like, no, like this experience is something that means a lot to me from an experiential standpoint. Like, there is this thing, there's this freeing aspect that when I'm not free to be freed by it, yeah. I have to it's like no, say no and make sure thing. no one else is free with my girlfriend. Like, yeah. I, it, <laughs> to balance it, your freedoms. Yeah. It, it's like, it's like, even though like the con- shows I went to were like 10 bucks, it, it wasn't like paying $50 to go to some show. Like yeah. it, I think they were super cheap. There's like 10 bands oh, playing. It's the best one. It was, yeah. It's amazing. But uh, it, it, it was a thing that like, I just didn't want to go. And it's not because... I didn't think my girlfriend was cool enough to do it. It's because I couldn't be myself in that moment because I had to spend time managing her. And that that's not yeah, because and I've, I've, I've been, I've been on that precipice myself yeah. in balancing like, okay, this person's not going to understand, Yeah, but they're really this sounds so terrible. No, no, no but, it, it totally sounds terrible, and I know that like, like some, they don't some girls really want like, listening and probably think I'm terrible for like saying but, that. But but it's it's yeah, and I think the message of part of well, part of the message of the film, which I like, is hey man, yeah okay, you got your thing going on there, but maybe venture out a little bit, maybe collide those worlds a little yeah. bit, see what happens. Maybe your friends will survive if they're good friends. Maybe yeah. your friends will stick around even though you bring this very difficult person around <laughs> or, or at least someone who's going to make it not entirely comfortable the way yeah, you're yeah. used to uh and and make that be a little bit socially difficult maybe that would actually be a good thing if you really do consider them your friend yeah and yeah so and that's was awesome they totally won me over with that yeah yeah with that idea because that that is my concern um so they and they were they we're uh, aware of it. <laughs> I think it's it's funny that that, and I'm not trying to say this is like a critique of your standpoint on the issues, but it's like, on the one hand, you are you are worried about the envelopment of the pure bloods by the non pure bloods by the muggles, <laughs> yeah, by the muggles, but at the same time, you were worried that there won't be enough collision between. Th- them like it's yeah 
like you're worried at the mindset of being opposed to opportunity but you are so so i think you are willing to reach across the aisle uh-huh. <laughs> um but you don't want your party to get overflowed by well no i, I you don't want to lose your seats in the house <laughs> i don't want uh i don't want people to lose a seat at their own table yeah yeah you know yeah. uh yeah it's a lot more complicated than that. I, yeah. I think at the end of the day, difficult people are going to still be difficult. Yeah. Haters going to hate. <laughs> I don't know if I'd call Scott a hater. Uh, people like Scott. And, and that was so interesting in the movie how, well, they they really explored Scott's character. Yeah. And, wh- and what made him who he is. Well, like he, in a really here, authentic here. way, I felt. Here's here's one thing too, which which I would like you to elaborate on based on this. And now that it's been an hour, we will get into the movie itself. But uh, do you think it was necessary? All all the family stuff, all that all the all the other stuff that Scott is going through, that obviously is weighing in on how this is because the gaming is his escape from his life. Yeah. And the things happening in his life, which are they kind of spent a lot of time on the film showing that. Do you do you think? Like, I'm one of the only people that didn't like uh, the perks of being a wallflower. Yeah, right? What was the movie called? Yeah. Being a wallflower? I never saw it. Uh, But, like, you know, I one of the things I didn't like it is because too much stuff is happening to uh, the main character that, like, it it, it, nothing felt authentic to because it was like, it was like, oh, really? He has every single possible problem and it's as worse as it could possibly. Like, it, it didn't feel like an authentic high school person going through the mm. life of feeling like an outcast in high school. It felt like this guy who, like, all this inconceivable crap happened to who, like, I just, I didn't buy any of it. So did you, uh, did you not kind of buy Scott's situation? It's not that I didn't buy a situation. I just, I, anytime we were seeing a situation, I thought it was getting away from uh, yeah. what, like, they didn't do a good enough job of selling the emotionally things were bleeding over. He like maybe he was lashing out against this person because of his home life. It, they didn't cover that, so it just seemed like a bunch of like, I get it, your life sucks because of this stuff. But really, I, I, don't I know. thought they did a great job of kind of exploring the construct of Scott's life, which kind of showed how Scott was built to be who he is, and. Uh, I, it felt authentic to me where like, okay, his mom's this way, his grandma's this way, his, you know, they behave this way, these ways, and that has allowed or uh, enabled or created Scott to be how he is. Not, not that... Are, are you, so are, is, are you saying that like in a life where he has no control, he obsesses over control within his game world? Or are you just saying that like being an only child raised by your aunt has sort of caused you to No, I think being be, growing up with a mom who doesn't care, who's selfish yeah. and who is leaves you behind is kind of going to lead you to be selfish yourself yeah. and not you could see, oh, his mom's that way. But if his mom really cared but he was still an only child and she spoiled him maybe, he would still he would pro- probably be even worse but he wouldn't be the same kind of worse gotcha. I, I think they did a good job of of cuz i've known people like that and that 
the situation was similar, I guess. And so you see, like, because that was Scott's problem. He could not see outside of himself. He was almost enable. And so he had to have all these stories he told about himself. And he had to have everybody around him buy into those stories. And the worst thing that could possibly happen to him is to have the wool pulled right off of his eyes, to have his knees chopped out from under him or whatever other metaphors you want to use. To, for him not to have those constructs to, uh, to prop him up as mattering, to counteract the neglect from his mom, uh, that is the absolute worst thing that could happen to him. And I thought that the movie did a great job of, and, and I've, I have experienced that. I have sat and listened to people telling me those constructs. And I'm like, there is no way that you did that. Yeah. <laughs> like, there is no possible way that that's the reality. I, I don't know. Maybe it was. I, I always try to, give people the benefit of the doubt. And so I didn't call him on it, but, uh, uh, I've, I've sat and listened and gone, really, really? Is that really the thing? And I, it, so that felt it when Scott was talking that way, it really matched my experience with, yeah. with people talking that way themselves. And so that whole construct of his life felt very authentic. I think, maybe part of what you're expressing is if maybe it matches up with what my feeling was is I felt like that didn't entirely pay off all of that construction felt authentic and I liked it but I'm not sure that it really went anywhere yeah like I think I think that is it because like it, it like I get what you're saying as a as a like if you were filling out like a psych evaluation mm-hmm. you're like oh yeah check 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 it worked character-wise from that standpoint, like of, of a bunch of check boxes that you're filling out, like saying, yeah, like that's a symptom of this. But I think that like they were sort of in a way inconsequential to the story of yeah. the film. Yeah. So they, they may have worked to show you the background of his character and how he could have become who he was, but they definitely didn't feel like, uh, I mean, in a way it feels like this story at some point in time was a very succinct, reduced down to like, the entire film only took place during gaming sessions. Yeah. And that um, somewhere along the, the the road, they realized that it wouldn't work for normal viewers, which is something we can talk about in a little bit. Um, hmm. But that it's possible that maybe uh, the world was expanded upon a little bit in order to kind of just fill out some other stuff as opposed to making yeah, it a reduced thing. Why did they explore that? And, and I think what I was expecting and kind of fearing because I didn't want this to happen yeah. was they're setting up all the flaws. They're explaining all the flaws on Scott so that he can solve them all. Yeah. And that didn't happen, which I'm kind I'm glad about because it would have been too easy yeah. and it would have felt very inauthentic. Like everything's a perfect day and his, yeah, his game just is published changes. and he's and like a millionaire. And yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. He, he figures, he figures himself. Yeah, he's, he's wearing thick rim glasses. <laughs> yeah, he cuts his hair, but doesn't shave and then like everything. But it, that he figures out, Oh, this is what's wrong with me. I just need to be nicer to people. Yeah. And then he turns all around and everything. And that didn't happen. That was good because I felt that would have felt really inauthentic. Yeah. And even kind of the lessons he learned kind of felt like, wait, what enabled what about the events that happened enabled him to realize that he was trying to keep his friend yeah. down so that he could 
feel like not as much of a loser. Like, well, it's in the title of the film. He just didn't spec in charisma, <laughs> so so he realized he he had to he get found like his a, a he finally found his character cape. sheet. Uh, and so even that felt a little inauthentic. So I think it would have felt really inauthentic to to just have him learn his lesson. Yeah. But yeah. at the same time, if you're not going to have him learn his lesson, why are you setting up all his flaws? Yeah, yeah. And so I enjoyed that part. But as a movie, it's kind of like, oh, okay, well, that was interesting. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, I, I just felt like, I mean, going back to what I said before, like I felt he was the destructive force of the film. Like yeah. if, oh, if you could enter this film without the setup like if you could just walk like if this film was playing out in the real world and you just got invited to that party like all the like everybody realizes that our hero is the bad guy like he yeah. is the like dude when he at the end when he's walking up to that house i was i concerned. really felt scared i was like <laughs> yeah. what is gonna happen and then i mean i i wonder if it was on purpose to even have him put on the black trench coat yeah, I, I think it was definitely trying and to you're evoke like, some sort of... Whoa, what's going to happen? Is he going to find the girlfriend there alone? Is he going to like just... <laughs> like how you go like the darkest possible. No, but that, like it, I could have seen it going. Yeah. Like it First of felt all, like, really dark. The introduction of the girlfriend thing was... Like, I think that was weird. I think there's a lot of... Um, a lot of places the story could have gone from there. Like there yeah, was... The, yeah. I, I, like she was a catalyst in this film, like not used at all, but like no, and that's why I was that's why I was afraid. That's why yeah, yeah. that darkness was set up. Yeah, and so that's where I was like, no, no, don't go there. Yeah. I do not want to see that. But and then he walks in. I mean, and it's a party. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, but I was I was really scared, and I think that was a good job to the filmmakers for making me feel that yeah. tension of like, what is this guy gonna do? Yeah, I yeah. don't know. That was really well done. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Like it's it's you really have no idea what's going to happen, how it's going to play out, or even as it's playing out, you there's no way to to fo- yeah, you're still follow like, okay, the... what's going to happen now. Like, yeah, is, yeah, yeah. where are things going to go, and is he gonna when's yeah. he gonna go really berserk? And it's, it's yeah, pretty interesting. But uh, I would say. Let's try to say one more thing about the film, uh, and then we can maybe close it up and then go into some direct spoilers after that. But oh, okay, uh, I thought we were in the direct spoilers. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, we're 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 in the gray, zone. <laughs> the gray area. We're like we're, sort of hipster. We're making our way over. <laughs> um, but we're sort of at the Comic Con. We're the outskirts of the Comic Con. <laughs> Uh, we're riding the train. A lot of people are in costume, but we're yeah. not sure why. Yeah, we're not there yet, but there's a lot of people who are like, oh, you must be going. Yeah, okay. Uh, anyways, uh, so how do you think this pl- this film is going to play for a general audience? I don't know. Like, what, what would Carson's reaction be to this? I <laughs> think he would hate it. I'm pretty sure <laughs> he would hate Scott, and he would not as understand. He <laughs> what? As, yeah. as he should. Well, I mean, well yeah, kind of, yeah. yeah. He would not. I don't know. I I I don't know if this is gonna play to a wider audience. Yeah. Okay. Well, let, let me phrase it this way. Uh, I mean, you you've kind of already well you you've said from a personality and family dynamic that all felt authentic. Was this an authentic portrayal of of like did I mean? Obviously, our gaming sessions are not that focused. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean. Uh, Right off the bat, it's just completely out, out of possibility of ever happening. But in serious though, like, uh, like, did you, do, okay. No, there's guys like Scott, for sure. 
I know I've met them. There's guys like <laughs> Scott, but does this film portray the the nerd exp- like? Is this a like outsiders looking in? Does this film do like? Is this doing any any good for nerds? No. Or is this still making fun of nerds? Uh I don't think it's making fun. Uh, but it is playing into the stereotype, and and that was at the very beginning of the film. That was my thought is. Great, another broken DM who's just doing it because they're a, a control freak. Yeah, like that is that is the only portrayals of DMs I've seen in in media. Yeah, is they're a game master because they hate their life and they want to control people. Yeah. Like, and and I even the documentary I think it's called Dungeon Masters. I, I'm I'm not familiar. It's with really it. super interesting, but all of the DMs that they show, and this this is a documentary, so it's real people, and they and the way they're portrayed, or just the way the pe- those people are, is yeah. this is their life. They are doing this because they're kind of clinging on to, you yeah. know, and so it kind of falls into that. I don't know how helpful that's going to be because that isn't why everybody GMs that's not why everybody's into fantasy is that they're not just playing out the fantasies they wish they could do in real life and so it kind of that's kind of a simplistic explanation of why people love fantasy and sci-fi I think it's a little bit of a cop-out and kind of lame but but I think it does happen so I think it's an authentic portrayal yeah Uh, but it's only an authentic portrayal of a very specific part of nerd culture because I think there's even people like Scott who are not playing out their fantasies yeah. in DM. I, I think DM. for me for me anytime uh, pen and paper RPG gaming is being communicated in a story or a television show it, it's never it's always handled as a joke like yeah. and even though this film is tr- like and I don't know what this film is trying to celebrate I mean it's, I don't it doesn't don't feel know. like it's trying to celebrate anything actually no, it's, it's, it's trying to show I, that's why that's why I think the whole film is just this metaphor that I talked about earlier because it doesn't feel like it's portraying anything in a particularly good light. Like this isn't gonna, this film isn't going to champion nerd culture to the masses. No. Like it's um but I think I, I think this is not just a a film for nerds in that like it's not for the public, it's for us nerds to celebrate because it doesn't even celebrate us. No. Like and I don't even think gaming is really like the film takes place around a table where games are being played, but what we're watching is not while games like I think the the Dungeons and Dragons community episode did a better job of celebrating Dungeons and Dragons than kind of this show. I mean, just because <laughs> you actually saw them playing and they made it fun, like yeah, like although again with the stereotypes, but it was with the stereotypes, it was, yeah. but it was the character. It was more celebratory. It was for sure. it was it was a character who thought it was stupid, embracing it and actually having a good time, and in attempting to mock it, getting into it accidentally, kind of like yeah, yeah. It, and, no, that was cool. That, yeah, that, that that part of it was cool. Yeah, I thought that was a great yeah. a great episode. And I had a good time watching it. Th- this doesn't like when this was over. I didn't immediately think like, oh, when is our Shadowrun game gonna start? Like, you know no. what I mean? Like, I <laughs> yeah, it, it just it just didn't do that for me. So yeah, I I think it was meant to be. Well, I th- yeah, Which, I think is it that was this Saturday. By the way, <laughs> no, it's next month. Okay, next month. Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> <laughs> As I look at my watch, which currently has a low battery. <laughs> um. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I'm not sure what the filmmaker was trying to do, and I think that's a yeah. good thing. It it's it it's not. Sometimes it's fun to have a film that you just you know exactly what to expect, and it gives that to you, and it's great. Yeah. But I think it's fun to have a film where you don't know what to expect, and at the end of it, you're like, I'm not sure what they're doing, but it was interesting. Yeah. So I, I think 
that may be where he's you just kind of just like let's take these ideas let's throw them together and see what happens and just kind of tell that story and it it didn't have well every story has a yeah. moral but it, so it did have a moral but it, well, i think the it, moral of the film is whether you believe that Cobb looked back and saw the top fall or not fall i mean that's really <laughs> what it all comes down to <laughs> that is that's the crux of the biscuit right there <laughs> Did he crit or did he not? And that's all that matters. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's how the film ended. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> but but it, it did show kind of how he had changed because he yeah. was like he or not well, changed. But it was know. great. We're no, but spoilers. that was really. Well, we're not doing spoilers. Yeah, not yet. Let's just do spoilers. All right, There's well, not that many spoilers left. Yeah, hold, hold on. All right. Well, Kurt, who had the higher initiative than I, has deemed that we should get into spoilers. So. Um, for anybody who is still with us somehow, um, let's just get into the verdict then rating this film. So, Kurt Jackson, if you were going to place this on a scale of a must-see, a recommend with a caveat, a wait for rental or VOD, uh, <laughs> a pass with a caveat or a must-avoid, what would you give this film? Oh, man. I, I, I think wait for rental simply because not everybody's going to like this. Like yeah. Iron Man, everybody should see it all the time. No matter who you are, you'll probably love it. This film, it's like, yeah, certain people are going to like it. Yeah. I don't know that many people are going to like this film because they're not going to understand it, not going to care about it. You know, it just doesn't going to matter to them. Yeah. So it, it's, it's a very what, What's funny is, is, is the film is sort of like, it's presenting nerds, which accidentally knocks them. And then the supposed villain is a hipster. So you either are not concerned with this film at all, or maybe you think you're cool enough to want to watch it, but it's making fun of you, or you're a nerd, and you're like, this really isn't helping us. <laughs> so it's like, it, yeah, you're it, either bored, offended, or like feel bad about yourself. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is. But it, 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 yeah, it's made for a certain perspective. Yeah. And that's... Which kind of flavors my interpretation of it once again. Like, yeah. Because... It's kind of for artsy... Indie people who are kind of into nerd culture, but and who understand nerd culture and who understand hipster culture, kind of see both sides, but are really into exploring things and not having. Yeah. So it's it's for a certain kind of person. Yeah. And so it kind of does take sides, and not either of those two sides, but it kind of does. I I would say if you've made it this far in this episode <laughs> yes, absolutely for you this is a must see yeah because a you'll get context for our discussion and b it'll allow you to have similar discussion with people who are watching it with you and you will be able to weigh in on on what you think your interpretation is uh for a general audience this is probably a pass with a caveat being that you might get something out of it um but like if you're just a general audience you're probably yeah, well, not gonna be and, that entertained by it I and mean, if you're a movie fan I would say watch it, even if you're even if someone's not super into nerd stuff. Yeah. But if you enjoy like films that are very filmy, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, they're not like like if you're really into Stanley Kubrick, Kubrick or something. Then, <laughs> right. Not that this is necessarily on that level, but like if you're just into interesting movies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That would be good too, because I think it was a very interesting into, movie. If you're in, if you're a film nerd, if you're into stuff where the narrative is important to you, as opposed to just uh, 
seeing things explode is that what you're trying to say yeah or? kind of that and and having kind of stories that are interesting that don't necessarily have resolution that sort of thing and a story that at least is trying to pose questions as opposed to just like showing you a bunch of stuff that you've seen a bunch yeah, of times yeah 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 absolutely so so yeah so i mean th- this i think this film runs the gamut like it's uh like i said it made it this far must see it if you're just some yobang who like happened across it and you're like this looks like it's got a funny poster uh you're probably not gonna like it Everybody else, it's on VOD right now. It's six six ninety nine, I think, is what I paid to rent this. Um, so yeah, you should check it out. So that that's a really muddy gray answer um, that falls on my standard distribution of stuff. Uh, but I do like how every time I've said standard distribution, I've drawn it with my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyways, yeah. So that's it. Um, we're gonna close out the regular review now. Uh, so. If you'd like to hear straight up spoilers for if you've already seen this film or you want to pause this, go rent this thing, go watch it and then come back. Um, It'll be a short segment after this for spoilers, uh, but we just want to be able to directly say some things without um, having to skirt around it. But in the meantime, Kurt, if people want to find you throughout the week and commune with you on nerdiness of something or other, uh, where can they do that? Uh, The best place to consult me would be uh, at Kurt W. Jackson on Twitter. And that's kind of my only public facing. Cool, because you because you you don't want to like shake hands with too many non nerds. That's right. I don't <laughs> so like you to only touch use them. Twitter. Yeah. Um, Facebook is too trendy. Yeah, too trendy. <laughs> Wait a minute, my hipster or my nerd? I, 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 I used Facebook before it was cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. By the way, earlier you said your dad was sort of hipster before <laughs> I, it was cool. <laughs> yes. And I didn't want to stop you because you're a mid sentence, but I was like, that makes him a hipster. <laughs> Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> that makes him just straight hipster. Uh, no, no, no. But before it was cool, Chris. Yeah, hipster. The second he, you uttered that sentence, you turned him hipster. I know. That's what's so hilarious about it. Uh, but anyways, He's not a hipster, by the way. <laughs> I, I, I know your father. Yes. Uh, no, correction. I know your father. Um, Lion King. Oh, yeah. Rafiki. Yes. Anyways, Disney nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's a big cross yeah anyway. uh anyways people can find me at uh, christopher in real life.com or twitter.com slash christopher irl you can find the podcast over the spoiler warning.com where you get all the back episodes of the show uh you can follow us on twitter at twitter.com slash spoiler warning to figure out when all these episodes go live uh you can like us on facebook.com slash the spoiler warning uh if you want to do that i don't know why you would because <laughs> facebook's for trendy people yeah <laughs> <laughs> And that's why we have like 38 people who liked us. Yeah. Um, if you want to get hold of us directly, send us an email at fan, or to fans at thespoilerwarning.com or call and leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW at 760-575-4879. Um, whatever the music I can find for this episode will probably be some metal song. Yeah. Um, uh, Living um, sacrifice. Nerdier people would know. It's probably not like metal. It's probably some like offshoot genre of yeah, like I don't know sort of about metal. It's uh is there, like, is, it. is there black black trench coat metal? I don't know. I don't know. There's a difference. There's black metal. <laughs> no, that's like what's called. <laughs> right, it's black cool. metal, death metal, speed metal. It it's actually there's actually some big controversy about is that death metal or speed metal or oh no whatever. i'm sure there is like yeah. music nerds like not just like you know band nerds as i was when i was yeah. younger but like music nerds are the worst towards like i'm we're listening to the same freaking music <laughs> but like i'm an asshole because i like the shitty version of the exact same artist that you like oh i only like their second album because that was the pure one well, what happened to their first album the third album like shut the hell up like well, let, I, I get let's it. just say that that in the whole metal scene there's a lot of arguing Scandinavians yeah 
<laughs> Yo, no, his beard is five inches longer. He's true metal. Seriously, there's the whole yeah. authentic. We probably cut all this out. Uh, there's I'm not the whole. In. <laughs> there is the whole. Is that band an authentic metal band? Just like with the Who, like are yeah. they an authentic? And the question like, is whether band? your hair, the hair on the back of your head, is no. longer than the you beard on the front of your face. Do you hear the Nerdist interview with Metallica, and they said that when they cut their hair, it was a big deal. They, they cut their long hair, like you're not authentic anymore and stuff. So apparently, that did is did uh, Nerdist have to charge for that episode, <laughs> or did they let people <laughs> download it for free? <laughs> Zing! <laughs> I uh, almost, you know, like Metallica has that like. They have a movie out in theaters right now. Yeah, it's like yeah. Metallica Into I the Never that. or some yeah. crap. I don't know what it's called. I totally have wanted to tweet 50 times. Like, I feel the only way to watch this movie is to pirate it and then put a link to the torrent. But, like, I don't want to get in trouble <laughs> for that. Uh, but, like, that, it, I feel like I don't uh, want to give them money to see that movie. I just yeah. want to, like, download it over and over and over and never watch it. <laughs> <laughs> just, just burn it out the CDs and put it in every freaking mailbox that I can walk by. Like, go bankrupt because I've spent my entire <laughs> life savings on writable CDs. Uh, unfortunately, a bunch of 12-year-olds will go, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> what is this for? How? Where do I put this? <laughs> no, no, I mean the CD. Yeah, yeah the CD. <laughs> so, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to burn it onto uh, not sure uh, America so. Online <laughs> discettes. Discettes. Some floppies. Uh, it's yeah. awesome. Nerd um, anyways, yes, that's the end of the episode. If you're still with us. Bless yourself. Bless you. <laughs>
he taught them that like, no, we can all be cool and be bros. I'll have you over to my house. We can drink together. Like, yeah. Like, and they started drinking too. They're like, the, oh, this is cool. I, I love the moment when like, he's like, if anybody wants a beer, they're like, oh yeah, beer, beer's cool. <laughs> like, just, just that silence. like super awkward like and then oh when like what, what's his name the guy that uh with the, the mustache yeah the Wayne. mustache yeah so that moment we're like oh my god but it's one of the things that makes me hate scott so much is like when wayne's like i want a beer and he kind of looks over at scott like for the improvement yeah, and, like, and scott's like at him. Mm-mm. yeah he's all, oh i guess i won't take a beer then like it's just so sad um <laughs> that was a little weird i, I it, don't know if i i was, guess that's possible no, I, it could be I, like that that I was going back to that, like when when you're stuck under this wing of this, like, like, the, you feel that your only attachment to this group of people is these four connections you have. Like, there is some sense of like, even if this goes super south, or like one of them treats me like shit, or like you know, even if something goes wrong, like you feel that's the only place that you can have this connection, so you put up with it. Like you don't have the option to, uh, to like break out from that like so i so I, I totally bought that even though his character was really like accentuated like it was like, yeah it was exaggerated yeah, but yeah. the process is true yeah, yeah. yeah. but, I, but I, I felt that relationship was authentic even yeah. if like the display of it was a little bit out there but um shoot what was i saying uh oh yeah yeah so like we get the like yeah I'm <laughs> so he's like oh you're having a party and yeah, so, so he's like oh yeah yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> And so that was the first blow where you go like, wait a minute, maybe he's not totally cool. Yeah, th- that's when you're like, oh, maybe most of the stuff Scott said was correct. But then even that, he's still being like jovial. He's like, hey, look, I don't, I'm not going to fight you. You're being out of control. How about you just leave? Like, everything's cool. Like, we don't have – And first of all, I was getting super confused when he's like, no, we're not going to fight for real. I was like, what the hell is happening? Yeah, I was what? so lost. It's so um, weird. But, like, then, like, once he gets hit in the face – and you're just like, oh, you effing nerds, get out of here. And, like, yeah, you're like that's when it's, Whoa. like, a complete break where he's like, oh, I don't need this game. Like, I was yeah. just doing this thing because I was bored, essentially. But, like, it, I don't know. There was this weird – There, it was this tonal change where you're like – like, his voice changed. Like, he didn't even sound like the same actor anymore. It was, like, some and other person. Came no, no, seriously. That It, it was – it was basically – it was – uh it was the opposite of like can't hardly wait or whatever that movie is like it's like the nerdy girl and she takes off the glasses and she's like the hot sexy girl yeah. like it's it's like the opposite of that it's like just hits hits in the face blood is drawn glasses are gone and suddenly he's like just it's like 18 cool... to charisma 18 to strength no exactly it's just like it's like i'm just going to respect nerd references it's terrible like that's the moment where it's like Okay, so they're saying this, that this can't happen. That no matter how much you embrace that culture, is it always going to be ripped back when when things come to blows? Like, is I think is there always I think be what separation? it was, I what I saw that as, and which I really appreciated, it was a, it was directed at the hipster guys, where it was saying, okay, you're into Star Trek, you like all these things, that's great, you're embracing nerd culture, but how much are you willing to embrace it? Like at the end of the day, have yeah. you truly embraced all of what that means? Like, and in, and in for him, end, it was you're like still a hipster nerding out, not a nerd, or, or just like you're willing to take the Star Trek and maybe play in a D and D game, but are you willing to take the people who that's their life? Are you willing to be their friend? And that, that's I th- I think is what the question was. Is like at the end of the day, 
are you really? Because you're not willing to be their friend. At least that guy wasn't. Yeah. And so it was saying it was kind of challenging saying like, yeah, maybe you should be willing to be their friend too. Not but, just it's not just about the thing. My only problem with that though is like he got hit in the head with crutches. Well, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Blood was drawn. Yeah, his glasses were messed up, and then his friend hopped on his back and ripped like a huge wad of hair out yeah, of his head. Yeah, was so, so it's yeah. like to me, we don't. The film ends, and we don't like at like. I've definitely been in relationships and I'm using that in the term of like not like girls. Term. I mean yeah. like I mean yeah. just a a two person relationship where if something goes wrong, you do the math and you go, I don't need this relationship. Like yeah. This is something that I was doing because it was it was enjoyable to both parties. That ship is clearly sailed. If this doesn't mend there's no consequence there. It just means that, like, I won't be doing this again. Yeah. And that's different than I really care about this person, but I'm going to hold a grudge and stay away from them. Like, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's this, like, you know what? I don't, I don't actually need to put up with this. Yeah. So at the end of this film, I mean, I'm not trying to completely get on the hipster side, but he was he – was, taking time from his life of the partying that he could be doing to hang out with these guys because he enjoyed their company. Yeah. But it's no skin off his back if, if they don't want to hang out with him. So it, yeah. it's it's really like if Scott showed up at his door the next day and was like, look, dude, I was way out of line. This is what's been happening in my life. Uh, I would love to game with you again. Um, and I, I don't want to be game master anymore i just want to play because that's what i care about i'm not convinced from the film's depiction of the events that the hipster dude wouldn't have been like you know like i was at a line yeah let's too. do it yeah yeah so, no i think he would have yeah. yeah so it's I like think that was the character they said so it's hard for me to completely think it flipped it on his head no no i don't um, think it did i don't think it did flip it i think it was just a kind of a self-reflective moment of like because yeah. the, the the issue was not i, I think a little bit of what like where he kicked him and yeah. it's like well that was unnecessary well, that's, that's what i'm saying his voice changes yeah. and he like he kind of like he like he went a, a he, little over and above there was the they, they shoot him in a way where he's the scrawny kind of just like super hipsy like probably yeah. coffee barista like yeah can't yeah. like bench more than like five pounds and like he well, he his chest flares up when he socks that guy it looks like the quarterback back just socks some like well, guy in high school like Scott, it, and the the actor playing scott was a big dude yeah yeah so you'd you'd expect without and that was kind of what was weird too is like he beats him at his own game they have quote-unquote swords yeah and yet he even beats him there he's better than him in every way <laughs> that's, that's, scott even says that he's like he's like how could you even be good at this <laughs> yeah like, yeah how could you even be good at this yeah. and that's oh man it was so sad but it, it uh i think that there's kind of two different things going on there there was one thing where it's like well, yeah, they, they kind of went beyond where it's just their awkward to scariness, you yeah. know, and so he was fully justified in, like, saying, get out of my house. Yeah. But at the same time, like, why didn't he invite him to that party, you know? If Scott had made reparations, like, okay, we can play together again, yeah. would he have still invited Scott to any other parties? Yeah. Would he have wanted him to know his other friends? I don't know. Maybe not. And, you, and you is that okay? You know what, actually, I was just thinking, like, even worse than the, oh, you're having a party line, was uh, 
when Scott is sitting inside starting to get drunk, just the way everybody is like to him, he thought he was being cool. Like when he kind of was. But was he like, uh, like, cause the, well, the guy were has kind of mocking the guy has him his a cell phone bit. out. They're kind of like, laughing. Like, at I, him. I bought that as total. Like they were, like he was eating up, totally being messed with. Like he, like that. I think was the first time I really felt sympathetic for him. Not because, yeah. not just because yeah. he was literally at his bottom point, but because he was there on a mission. Came in and they're like, "Oh, have a beer, dude!" Like they they diffused him without him even knowing, yeah. and then proceeded to make fun of him to his face without him even knowing i mean i mean maybe you didn't read it as much like that but for me that totally felt no i I read there was definitely a little bit of that going on but i read it a little bit as as he looked in the window and it's like oh scott's just having fun at a party like he's actually just kind of getting along with those people yeah and it kind of felt like wait hey maybe don't kick him out maybe it's cool yeah but then of course you're right it probably that's where it was going where it was just sort of it would have eventually fallen to the pattern, which I'm sure Scott, if I read the way they were writing his character, which he would have normally felt, which is uh, even when all the cool kids include me, they're actually just making fun yeah. of me. And that dynamic was still happening, even though they're all adults. Yeah. And even though uh, supposedly hipster culture and popular culture and nerd culture are all coming, kind of coming together, even though all that's true, at the end of the day, guys like Scott still get made fun of by people who have it together. Yeah. And nothing that's beyond the question of nerds and hipsters. And What's the thing is, if he, if he wasn't a game master, if he didn't have a bumper sticker that said, because I'm the GM, that's why. Uh, if he was super into sports, if he was on the football team, chances are he would still be getting made fun of just because yeah. of his personality and like his physical composition and stuff like that. Like that, th- I, I think that, yeah, yeah. Not to go back all the way into our old, our earlier conversations, but I think that there is th- like, there are dynamics in groups of people's interactions that lead to them, like, w- like going against each other and kind of making fun of each other. And it's really easy to take something that you're not a part of and use that as, as, as the thing that you're insulting about them. Like if, 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 you know, you and I both like punk, but like, I like popular punk and you like harder core punk. And that means like, I'm a loser and you're super awesome. Like, it's not that the thing I like makes me a loser. It's that you have already judged me as being a loser. So you're taking a thing that you don't care about and then throwing that in my face to make me feel about bad about the thing I like. I don't know. I think there's this, uh, yeah, no, no, no. Like, the, the, the fact that that dynamic is beyond what you're beyond any any culture that yeah. that that dynamic happens wherever you, and whenever you are yeah, yeah that dynamic is going on yeah uh, so, so yeah i just wanted to say like i don't think that i think his character could have still been made fun of by those hipster kids without but typically the guys being made fun of in that way were nerds and and there's so there is still something to that i don't it kind of goes against what I was saying, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I just think it's like chicken yeah. and egg, chicken and egg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Egg and chicken, green eggs and ham. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so we shortly, briefly mentioned earlier the uh, the scene where we're introduced to the hipster's girlfriend. What's the hipster's name? I don't, I feel bad keep Miles. calling him Miles. Yeah. I don't know why I keep calling. I just refer to him as the hipster because that that's the character hipster. He, when he auditioned, he probably auditioned for hipster. Yeah. Um, but the character of Miles, when we're introduced to Miles' girlfriend. 
How weird is that scene? That was a really like, weird scene. I'm not sure super what was... hitting on Scott, right? Well, kind. It was. It was very intimate. I mean, it's definitely doing intimate, the hand but... reading thing. It's like all of a sudden she's super hand reading, and I don't know if they were just trying to go, "Hey, yeah, by the way, he's awkward around girls," but or see... if she's super nice and is that that kind of girl who's like awkwardly, well, sort of maybe doesn't realize the effect she has on people. You mean all girls? I... Um... <laughs> <laughs> but here, here's the thing: is because of the context, oh, promise he goes he goes through a transition. At the beginning of it, he doesn't notice anything. And then as soon as he notices it, he gets ripped back to the normal conversation and then he feels guilty. So I can't tell whether the film is presenting the view, how we are supposed to view him or if, sorry, I don't know if the film is supposed to be how he's viewing the situation himself or if we're supposed to be passive bystanders noticing how he's reacting to her, like essentially coming on to him. Cause like right I, didn't, after, I didn't read it as coming on to him. Like right, right before she sits down though. I think like, nerds are sexy. Yeah, she's yeah. like, oh, you know how I think nerds are sexy. And then like, but it's not just like, like, oh, I don't think nerds are bad. I think they're cute. It's, it's, I don't know. As soon as she said that, I, I, I totally saw some weird plot point where like she was going to be super into Scott. And then like, that yeah, was gonna be they a sort of were setting that um, up and it was, yeah, it was weird. Yeah. I, I felt like that was just sort of emphasizing the fact that Scott is super out of place it was yeah. the same thing as the vinyl records on the wall is the same thing with the guitar and the guitar stand instead of posters of dragons and stuff it's all this stuff and there's a girl there who's super nice and it's it's not just oh there's a girl there it's there's a girl there and she's in his face yeah and so it's emphasis it's really heightening that tension of like he has no idea what to do yeah. here and and is out of sorts completely. That's that's how I read that. Not that she's coming on to, but she's just so super nice, and and uh, he just has no idea what to do. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I definitely was reading a lot into that just because a I, I had an idea where I thought it was going, but also if you come back to that fight scene at the end, she's really freaking out once once her boyfriend, who's a hipster nerd dude, goes super jockey and like starts beating the crap. Like I I want to know what happens in that relationship when these credits roll. Like yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm is she like, how curious. could you do that to that poor guy? Yeah, or like, is, I, I'm... Or is she like, oh, that was sad. Yeah, like, oh, your hair is ruined. I really like the way I did that thing. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I, you know I think nerds are sexy. Your thick glasses are just so sexy yeah. and nerdy. She's like, oh, I never realized how jockey you were. I don't love you anymore. Like, I, I didn't know exactly what was yeah. going to Like, I'm curious about that. Just Because that scene was so weird. It was um, really Maybe strange. it was just supposed to communicate the awkwardness for, for us, as you were saying. But yeah. I definitely was like reading way too much into that scene. Um, no, it, there was a lot of signals in the film of like, you're supposed to see that Scott has no idea yeah. what to do with sexuality. Well, I mean, I, there, there was two things that I, that I expected from that scene that, that neither of them happened. Was one, as I said, that there would be some developing thing between her like, this is the sexiest guy I've ever seen because he's that nerdy. Or he's going to misread her signals or something. Yeah, yeah. Or, or yeah, any aspect of that, like him yeah. being super into her, her being super into him. Yeah. But on top of that, I totally expected her to be attempt to join the game and that being some sort of conflict of him being like, no, huh. girls allowed. Yeah. Um, but yeah. neither of those happened. And I'm not saying they should have. I was just like, I was like interpreting all this kind of stuff and reading into things and like trying to predict what was about to happen. Um, but yeah. I will say too, dude. That, like directly following that uncomfortable level is when he tries to say that he invented the Matrix. <laughs> he wrote the Matrix. Like, and that's the thing too is like, like uh, that's 
I, that, that was the one scene that I identified with Miles. Like, that was the one time I put myself in Miles' place. Uh, not put myself in his place, but, like, I totally was on board with Miles when he's like, sometimes you just hear somebody telling a story, and you just know that it's a bunch of shit. Well, that's what I was and, like, saying. Like, I've talked to people who've made claims like that where I felt like, I, that, yeah. it's like, that I, I have seems a, to me to be obviously wrong, and I'm pretty sure anybody would think the yeah. same thing and like but but like how would anybody claim that technically yeah. miles was being a dick but he was really just being like really what year like that was my first yeah. thought too was like takes more than a year to make a movie but yeah it's like, just so obviously false yeah. like there's obviously no but he's made this fiction and everybody has to buy into it because nobody wants to call him out on it all yeah. his friends are like no just shut up like we're you're not supposed to call him out on this stuff because he needs that to be true yeah. He needs to be the, have that significance. And so I didn't identify with Miles because I was I was just sympathizing with Scott. Like, oh, he needs this fiction. Did, did you ever... You never answered, by the way, which character you identified with. I don't know. Right. I don't know if I was in the film. I'm just going to trick you. I was going to try to trick you to say, like, Scott, oh, damn. <laughs> no, I mean, only if... if I have great empathy for Scott. Yeah. Uh, not because I've been there or anything yeah. like that, but just I I kind of understand he, he, the mentality. Like I I I don't think he's dumb. I understand. Yeah. I think the way he behaves is entirely rational to me. Well, it I think, makes I, sense. I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong once again, but I think he represents an aspect of your philosophy of nerdum. Like so. Even though he is a caricature of it, he's like, uh, you know, obviously an exaggerated form of it. He still represents something that in an awkward way you feel should be preserved. Like, yeah, like he his you know, bad behavior is not justified, but is understandable. Like you don't identify with him, the person, but with the archetype that is being exploited in that situation, because in some sense you believe popular culture did that to him it, in a very minor sense i mean scott the, the number one person who did that to scott was scott yeah, yeah. but but uh yes well, in a sense allowed for him to do that to popular himself. culture allowed for that it, it had a hand in it somehow yeah. and the thing i see him as kind of the heart of nerd culture in a sense and i i do think that should be at the very least, I think the popularity of the things that Scott is really into should not result in taking that away from Scott. Yeah. It should result in some way in the inclusion of Scott into popular culture. Yeah. And I don't really see that happening. Uh, it is happening to a greater degree, but I, I think at some point they're going to be left behind. Yeah. And I and I don't like that. I don't want that to happen. And and I think a bunch of people being into D and D and D and D showing up on popular TV shows and stuff should result in guys like Scott feeling more and more included. And I think that has happened to some degree, but I I don't think it's going to continue. I think it's going to leave him behind. Yeah. And I don't think that's wrong. Well, the, you you just have to let everybody in slower. Because yeah. if you let enough popular people into D and D, they won't be subverted they will, quickly they will, enough. Yeah, they will click before, like, they, like <laughs> they will form a click 
before and they... then push Scott away from his own yeah. gaming table. You need hey, to, yeah, this you is need pretty to, fun. You need to bring one of them in so he feels alone and isolated and is broken. So they can be broken down. <laughs> and then once they realize they are nothing, then you can build them back up again. Then they can and then you release yeah you release them into the wild and then they begin to break down those around them. They can be a carrier. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Any any last uh, parts of this film that you want to go over? I think we've hit it all. Uh, I think. Jesus, we're almost at two hours. No. (laughs) Okay. Well, if you're still with us, yeah. Congratulations. You are our biggest fan. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You are insane, is what you are. Yeah. You are a spoiler warning nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Official spoiler warning. Um, yeah, you get you get it a special award. It is late, so thank you, Kirk, for joining me. My pleasure. Thanks for I, having I, me. I, I didn't mean to say that, like Captain Kirk. <laughs> um, then but why were you doing the live long and prosper sign? All the time? <laughs> <laughs> it's just something I do. Um, but yeah, thank you guys all for listening, and uh, we hope, I hope you enjoyed this, because who knows, if if things go the way that Kurt hopes they don't, we might have more films like this to talk about in the future. But in seriousness, thanks everybody who's been involved this far. And remember to always be friends with your awkward buddy. Yes, always. All right, later, everybody. Later.